everyone. Welcome to another episode of For the Love of Leadership. If you haven't already, please like, subscribe, and share the podcast on whatever platform you use. Your support is greatly appreciated. For today's episode, uh, we're going to welcome back an old friend and reverse the roles a bit. Instead of me asking the questions to her, today Sarah gets to ask me the questions. We're going to share some laughs and you get to learn a little bit more about me. Uh, This episode was created based on your feedback, which is very much appreciated. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the episode. All right. Hey, welcome back. Thanks. Thanks for having me. (laughs) Yeah, it's you again. You know, you keep popping up places and I'm sure this will be fun. I'm always lurking in the background. Yeah. Well, you know, someone's got to do it. <laughs> Just don't don't get too creepy about it, right? Um, yeah, not today anyway. <laughs> too early, not happening today. Um, but uh, yeah, I appreciate you helping me out again. Um, this ought to be fun. A little bit of a reversal of the roles on this one. Last time I got to question you, um, and this time you get to fire them off at me because for some reason people want to know about me. And as we both know, that makes things awkward for me. So if anyone wants to know if I'm getting out of my comfort zone, yeah, this This is it. it. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's probably been like a good 25 years since I've put you on the hot seat about stuff like this. Yeah, this is going to be interesting. (laughs) All right. So, okay. So your listeners may or may not know from last time. We've known each other for a really long time. And we knew each other during a pretty formative time in our lives, which was high school. Mm-hmm. And as everybody of um, experiential age knows that while you retain some of those core elements of your personality from when you're a teenager, life is a lot different as an established adult. So what parts of you do you feel like have changed over the past 25 years? And, and do you appreciate those changes or are you, are you regretful about those changes? Um, that's a a good one so I mean for me I mean I rarely think that any changes are regretful um it's just kind of I think it's the direction life has taken me right so I've had my ups and downs um probably a lot more ups than downs which is good but ran into you know periods like a period of life where it got really crappy and so kind of learned to appreciate change more than anything now you know so it's like interesting um because you can learn it more as a, as a, uh, use it more as a learning tool versus um, something to dwell on, you know? So, and for me, I mean, it's been probably a lot that's changed since, uh, since the formidable years there of high school. So um, probably the biggest thing in life experience for me, um, outside of clearly looking older at this point, which is fine. I won't dye my hair. I'll keep it gray. I'll just keep on buzzing it up. We'll be okay um is kind of like the mindset that I have right so um for people that don't know me I mean what high school in high school there's really no there's no challenge right so as far in terms of like if you failed at something like the way I was back then I was like Meh, okay I'll just move on because I didn't really take it seriously enough to understand the magnitude of anything and luckily I didn't do anything bad enough to ruin my life so you know kind of took it for what it was and when you reflect on it it's the 
you know, learning some of the, some of the leadership lessons through programs that you and I are in and things like that in school. But as you get older, you know, what happened to me is I ended up failing and hitting rock bottom. And so, um, and it kind of happened. It's, it was one of those things that snuck up on me. Right. So it was like, I went through and we'll say like with work, right. Like with work, I'd constantly get promoted. Once I got into like the workforce, I was always successful. Everyone liked me. Everything was great, you know? See, this doesn't sound like rock bottom to me. No. Um, and what happened is I got into a relationship that was just toxic. And the, my problem was that I couldn't let it go. And so when it finally ended, um, I just kind of, in my usual set, my usual self, my usual personality before was, okay. And I moved on, but I wasn't moving forward. I was just moving and going, going through the motions. Eventually what it turned into was a never ending negative thought. And so my attitude changed the happy, happy go lucky guy that people liked was going away, but I didn't even realize it. I was super negative about things, especially at work. If I got turned down for something, I get pissed about it. Um, things that wouldn't normally have happened with me. And it got to a point of, you know, even outside of work, really just doing a lot of things, anything, anything I could, I could think of to, I, I don't want to say harm myself. That wasn't like at that point of, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. But like, it was, there were very, very real thoughts of why am I here? What am I doing? Right. And what I allowed that relationship to do was literally take over um, without even thinking about it. It was all subconscious and not even thinking about what was going on. So for me, what I learned, you know, as I went through this whole thing, this whole period of my life, which was maybe a couple of years worth, um, got rejected for a ton of job opportunities within my own company that, that I worked for. Got really mad about it. really hated everything. Um, and the, and when I came to a point, it was, you know, running into a couple people, not running, yeah, one of my old friends and my boss at the time who wouldn't leave me alone, right? It was like those two guys that you run into that know you more than anybody. And they're like, you're not, you're not you. Okay. So these are people that, that knew you before and, and could actually observe the change and cared enough to speak up and say, this is not the you that I know and cared enough to ask you about it and kind of bug you about it and not let it go when you just brushed yeah. them off. Well, so that was the interesting thing, right? So one of them known me um, for longer than you and I have known each other. We literally grew up together. The other one had just met me. And, you know, so I had one outside of work that would be bugging me all the time, making sure I wasn't doing anything stupid. Hey, what are you doing? Let's go out. Let's hang out. Stuff like that. The mm -hmm. other one was at work trying to figure out with me what's going on and what's, you know, what's holding me back, what's happening at work. We don't understand. This is a guy that's constantly before me. He's always done everything, always done everything the right way, always executing at a high level. And I was still doing that, but I couldn't get past a certain point at, in my career. It just wasn't mm -hmm. happening. Literally, like it was like applied nine times for one position. Ridiculous. And as like one of the, like the top people, you know, so it was like, 
eventually just wait on me and did, you know, did as much as it could there, you know, uh, put on the fake smiles for everybody at home, but for my family, everybody else, everybody thought it was okay because nobody wanted to believe anything could be wrong. Right. Um, you know, family gets with that. Right. So eventually it got to this point of, you know, my boss at the time actually being frustrated with what was going on because he couldn't figure it out. And I'd gotten rejected again for this job that I applied for. And he was just like, it was a Friday afternoon. And he looked at me and said, you know, as I was leaving, he said, you know, I just, I can't figure it out. If you could this weekend, just think about what's holding you back. Man. I, I can't figure this out for life. It doesn't make sense. And I was like, whatever. I just blew it off. I was like, I'm going home. I knew I was going to go out with my other friend that night and we're just probably have a couple of drinks. We're going to relax. We went out and that night I didn't have anything. Like he was just like, I bought something. It sat there. He was like, you good? I was like, I'm just tired. I'm going to go home. Let's go home. He's like, okay. I got home and I kid you not. It was like, like a, like something out of a movie or a TV show. Like I walked in, I went to just wash up and go to bed. I looked in a mirror and literally said, dude, why are you holding yourself back? And broke down, nervous breakdown, everything happening, all of it coming out. I call my buddy. I'm like, yo, I don't know what's going on with me. And he's like, it, you're finally dealing with it. It's two years overdue. Like deal with it. And what I appreciated with everything, and it's so weird to say I could appreciate going through a struggle like I did, is that I learned that it's not the struggle that you're going through, it's who's going to help you through it, right? And you have to be willing to take on the challenge. You have to be willing to step up and say, I can't do this myself. Um, but I also saw what leadership looked like at the time. That was my first time probably in my adult life really encountering real leadership. My boss was just like great. He and I are still great friends like this day. It's like we, we joke around that we follow each other around the company. Like, like you got a job? I'm coming with you. Like, one mm -hmm. of those. He's actually a year younger than me. So it's the whole perception of, you know, anyone that's leading you has got to be older is you know, BS. Like, this guy's actually a little bit younger than me. My friend's a little bit, he's a year younger than me as well. You know, and so I saw what life leadership looked like with a friend and I saw it with a boss. And what I took from that after it was nobody that I knew was ever going to go through something like I was on their own. I think that they had to. And so my way of getting past it was pay it forward every day okay. as much as you can. And, uh, you know, it's one of those, you always come out stronger in those things where I could have ended up and where I probably would have ended up if not for those two is far different from where I am now you know um and whether or not that's you know death or a rehab center or whatever whatever you want to call it, whatever wherever that road was gonna take me those two weren't allowing that you know and then a, one little comment that got in my head about what's holding you back literally emptied the tank it was like, all right, let's start over. Let's start reading. Let's start learning again. Um, like I've always been, you know, and it was one of those hard things that you just learned to appreciate. And so I think from high school and on, never dealing with failure, really, I was so unprepared. You know what I mean? If there was a relationship yeah. that ended, I ended it. So I didn't care. Or it was, I was really invested in this thing. You know what I mean? So it was like, yeah, but it was 
probably yeah, probably the the toughest period that I've gone through. But again, it's what shaped me, you know, to do what I do now. I think that's pretty powerful. You know, learning that allowing yourself to recognize and deal with failure and not just sweep it under the carpet and move on, particularly um, with upbringing, with upbringings like we had. I mean, we come from a part of the world and a part of the country that still kind of deals with a very Calvinist ethos. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you don't, you, you are thankful for what you have and you pick yourself up and you keep going and, you know, you don't cry in front of other people and you just, it always could be worse. So you just keep going, right? And, and admitting, being able to admit failure and when things are hard and enough that you have to trust somebody else to help you I think, I think there are a lot of people in our generation, particularly from our part of the country that don't know how to do that. And that's probably been the hardest thing for the pandemic really helped me learn how to sit still, Mm -hmm. um, how to take a back seat because that's what was important and that's what was necessary at the time, Mm -hmm. right? So um, I took the year off I took leave for a year and stayed home because I have family members that are um, at high risk of developing severe COVID and there was no safe way for me to be in the classroom. Mm-hmm. Um, and I live in a state that kept their classrooms open. Yeah. So, you know, there was no way for me to, to realistically be able to go to work and protect my family. And I had to make that choice. I had to, I had to sit back. I couldn't be the superstar at work that, mm-hmm. you know, I was used to being. <laughs> and I think for a lot of people, they've discovered what's important by spending more time with their family. And they've decided this is what's important to me. These are the changes I have to make. Okay, next question. Oh, all right, here you go. (laughs) Tell me the thing you are most proud of in terms of your own accomplishments. And it can be work, it can be personal, it can be family over the past, let's say 15 years. Oh, I mean, that's the one I get to look at every day and go, all right, that's also my reason for everything I'm going to do. Outside of that, the path of leadership that I've taken, you know, the investment that I put in people every day, no matter what the role is, maybe at work, outside of work, doesn't matter. You know, if I, in, in what I've learned from that is that it's not some big thing you have to do, right? I could see that somebody posted something, maybe they're trying to, they're trying to get healthier, right? And they post something online and that there's that level of humility that they're willing to put that there. You know, some people are like, oh, they just want attention. Maybe, but maybe they need that positive attention. Right. You know, and that's why. Maybe they're not getting it anywhere else. They don't have it, you know, at home, you know. Um, you know, and so finding those little those little opportunities to capitalize on, you know, just saying, hey, man, great. You're doing great. You know, keep on doing it. Keep on doing what you're doing. If you need me, I'm here. You know, um, at work, you know, it's funny that the job that we that I have, my day job, we joke all the time about how we're, we're mainly psychologists. So <laughs> like life coaches, like, yep. And if 2020 didn't prove that, I don't know what will. So it's, you know, it's, um, I think those two are two of the biggest things I'm proud of, you know, seeing my kid grow, seeing how nice she is to people, um, 
you know, she's always like really, she's all about her manners. You know, she wants to joke around about things. Like she'll, she'll say funny things. She'll, she'll talk about, you know, like passing gas. Like she thinks it's like the funniest thing. Oh, fart jokes. That, that, yeah. yeah. The fart like, jokes are, they're, they're never ending. Right. And so right, like, right, right. like my wife's like, oh my God, don't you know, discourage her from saying that. So she'll look at me and be like, you won't say it in front of mom. And I'll just laugh. Cause I'm like, she's strategizing. She, she's me. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, like, like this child. Yeah. She's very, very tactical. You know, very strategic in everything that she does. Um, and she doesn't, I don't think she realizes it or understands it yet, but it's just funny because I'm like, where is this going to go? <laughs> like, it's like, uh, she, what I, what I hope for is that I could lead her and to, like, to keep that pride in there and uh, make sure she understands the difference between being strategic and manipulative. Oh, yeah. Because there's going to be that fine line as she gets older, but that personality that, no, 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 don't, don't manipulate strategize that's fine learn learn your audience learn who you're speaking to you know it's funny she knows what to do already with mom. all right when mom's here i won't do this and it's funny because it's a fart joke i just laugh you know but, but you're right though and and i remember i remember thinking about that my about my daughter when she she was like two you know two three four and i was watching her manipulate the people around her and she all right so let's take this back to a minute so we, we were talking about being vulnerable yeah what are some of the things once you had that epiphany and once you understood that you were the one that was holding you back walk us through the process of emotions that happened after that because I know it's not like I mean in in a moment like that the light bulb does switch on and you understand but then following that there's a series of emotions that you go through Oh, yeah. when you're dealing with and and coming out of something like that so walk us through what that series that progression of emotions was yeah that's uh that was wild once once you figure that out once it hits you that holy holy, you know, holy shit it's me like it's not you it's not the guy that's been rejecting me this whole time it's not anybody else like you know it it's me uh and you know and you realize that i'm allowing these things to happen right you get what you tolerate. Um, you know, the, after the breakdown, <laughs> this house going, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. I can't I barely breathe. You know, what's happening here. Um, you know, eventually got myself to sleep, got up the next day and it was still a very shaky day, you know, in terms of just me and figuring out, getting my bearings, you know? Um, but I remember like getting up and in, in like in a better mood, probably because I realized what was going on, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but not knowing what to do with that mood yet. It was like, all right, let me go and work out. But the workout was barely anything. You know, it was like more like, it's like you go to the gym, you sit on the bench. <laughs> like, sit okay. here, you know, so, so like, like maybe like the anger is gone or the anger and the frustration is gone, but still. The confusion kind of sets in the, you start, okay. start questioning yourself. The, how did I let this happen? How long has this been happening? You know, okay. um, start doing a whole lot of reflection on, because it, because when it when it clicks, it's great that it clicks, but if you don't analyze what happened, it's not gonna go away. You know, it's one of those times where I think in life for people they have to understand that you have to confront it head on. You cannot let it go. You can't be like, all right, I figured out it's me. I'm gonna go this way. No, no, no. There's still a ball of issues over here. You gotta unravel that thing. You know, it's like 
fucking onion. You're going to peel back all the layers on this thing um, to try to figure out what's going on or how, how it ended up happening that way. You know, how could someone like me allow that to go on? It's never happened. Okay, so tell us all about your layers. What, what were you yeah, peeling so, back? Tell us about that process. Yeah, so the, you know, the layers of figuring out, all right, just right back to the beginning of that whole relationship, you know, how I met this person, how things progressed, how fast did they progress? You know, what was, what led to this point in this, you know? And, um, and when I thought about it, I realized there were multiple, multiple points in this relationship where it should have just ended. And for some, I'd find a reason for it to not end. You know what I mean? Like, uh, you know what I mean? And, and what it came down to when I really, really boiled it down was, I was in my 30s and I thought there was an expectation that ah. you cannot be single in your 30s. You should be getting married. You should be having a family. That's what people do, you know, all that. And we were, you know, at the time it was, you know, I was engaged to this person. So it was like, you know, what's going on here? And then we realized, oh my God, you know, this person cheated on me. And I said it was okay. I didn't want to deal with it. It was like, no, 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 no. you know, things happen. That didn't really happen. You know what I mean? Like, and as you're peeling back the layers, it was like that. It was, you know, we got, I have a, we have a dog. You know, we have, we have this, you know, like, oh, you know, how do I, you know, how does that work? So it was like the constant struggle of how do you just call it a day? How so do it was easier it? to not call it a day. You had all, you know, it was the amount of work it took to get out yeah. seemed like too much. Not necessarily that you wanted to be in. Right. But just the process of getting out was too scary. Yeah. And the way that it, I mean, and, and it's crazy because, you know, it's like the way that it actually ended was I went out of town for work. I was gone for two weeks for work. And when I got home, she was gone. Not only was she gone, but like my kitchen table was gone. My bed was gone. Like not only did this person, did I allow this person to take two years, two and a half years of my life and, and really trash it. But then this person stole my stuff. <laughs> so you're like, and so like you, you kind of look at it and go, I laugh now because I'm like, what in the world was I doing? But you know, it, once you unraveled it all, you figured out that this is just something that should never start it. Because mm-hmm. the flag, the red flags were there at the beginning. Your little sister hated this person. She, my sister likes everybody. <laughs> you know, like, um, you know, so it was one of those one of those things where like as you start peeling it apart you're like oh my god like i just i allowed it to happen i forced it to happen and then when it ended it was a it was really you know when i think for myself like i had such a lack of failure in life you know what i mean Mm -hmm. or any any experiences to learn from in that way that i couldn't fail at this yeah Yep. So, you know what I mean? So it turned yeah. into that. And that's, I mean, that's uh, for anyone that, that listens and it goes through anything like that, just trust your instinct and know, you'll be fine, but get out of it sooner rather than later when you know that something's completely wrong here. You know what I mean? You can't force that. Yeah, that sounds familiar. <laughs> <laughs> Not recently, of course. No. no. <laughs> I mean, I feel like I feel like a lot of people go through the same things, you know. It's just but you know, life expectations, you know. Society dictates it, right? Oh, at this age, you should be married, you should have a family. Especially like you know, you know, I think about like my family, and my family is great, but like a traditional Palestinian family, right? So like, you know, or not so traditional. We're not 
but you know what I mean? Like it's the traditions of that, of the culture in itself are, you know, at this, you should be married at this age. You should have a family. You should be doing this, right. you know? And when you grow up and you're hearing that and you're seeing that, and then you find yourself at that age, you know, older than that age. And you're like, shit, this can't fail. You know what I mean? Yeah, this is not what I, this is not how this was supposed to go. <laughs> right. You know, so it's, it's tough, but yeah, it's a, uh, I hope I answered that question. What you were looking for there. Yeah, you did. You did. And, and the reason I ask is because, you know, I went through the baby version of that in high school and you guys all watched me go through that early. Um, and it continued well past high school. It continued for a couple of years past high school and it just got exceedingly worse. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was, you know, and it took me years to unravel that and unwrap that mm-hmm. and you know, the anger I had towards myself for letting it happen was just so great. And I think that, um, and it fermented into bitterness, you know, for a long time. Um, So it's interesting to hear other people talk about that same, that same process. Um, So yeah, that is, that is, what I was thinking and so you and I are, are alike in a lot of ways yeah um it sounds like you went through this process later in life mm-hmm. than I did but you also recovered a lot faster yeah um, I mean to a point right it's uh but when you think about it right you, when it happens to you later in life I feel like you know depending on on circumstance and, and whatnot it's um there's a different level of maturity later in life too right right so your able your, your ability to recover quickly i'll throw that in air quotes recover quickly um on the surface is pretty fast right but there's still things that you know those still be things that you know for forever if, if anyone brings it up or i find it's just sometimes just you know you have one of those days you stare off in the space and you're like and then another thought pops in your head about holy crap and let me unravel this one <laughs> like it's you know um you know you start seeing um luckily for me like obviously with uh with how life is now there's zero similarities to that in this house which is great right uh, but, but um you know it was it came back you know once i once i got back into like the dating scene the lack of trust that i had for anybody was crazy and so mm-hmm. it was it was funny to people that when I, when my wife and I met that I trusted her so fast, but I was like, you know, there's clearly something very different about her than anybody else, because that's just, you know, it's her personality. She's not you recognized when someone's on your team. Yeah. You, you know it. And now you know it really well. So <laughs> now you know what it looks like when they're definitely not on your team, you know, and then you see what it looks like when people, um, like it was like there were like the yeah, red flags and like the dating scene, you know, back in the day of like after all that happened of, you know, one of them was, was I remember it was a girl who was nice and she's like, you know, would you consider changing jobs? Like, would you go back to school to be a lawyer? Okay, you're about status. You're not about right. Like, oh, this is done. You know, but like at least well, you start to recognize it a lot quicker. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think like going through that and just kind of you know going out here and there helped out that like it was like you know by the time you meet the right person like when I met my wife it was like 
this is how it's supposed to go, right? It's never going to be completely easy. Right? You're going to get in relationships. You're going to have arguments. Right? Anybody, I, I always laugh. Anybody that tells me that they never got into an argument with your spouse or significant other is just full of it. Like it's, and if and if you're not, then it's probably. And that's a red flag, right? If that's a red flag. Have, yeah, like if you can't, if you can't have a disagreement and work it out, right? And so I love my husband, but we've had some like significant yeah. differences of opinion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's like, you know, that's like how we are. Like, and like the one agreement that we have is never hold back. Just tell me what's on your mind. Just say it, but get it out of the way. Because we know that it's not, it, it only becomes a true problem if you hold it back. If you hold when it, it festers. Yeah, because then it bubbles up. It's like a volcano and it's like, oh, yep. everything gets crazy, you know? Um, but, you know, I've had to work on things with my own personality too. You know me, I'm very sarcastic with things. And so, you know, with, with my wife, like, you know, I've had to learn to dial certain things back because some things that I would say, I, I had to learn, it's not appropriate to say about your spouse. Maybe it sounds funny in your head, but when you say it out loud, like, oh crap, I probably shouldn't have done that, right? Yeah, like your words have consequences. Yeah, so yeah, there's actual consequences of this stuff now, you're an adult, <laughs> um, you know, um, but it's, it, it's, a, it's a fun learning experience, you know, you kind of get there, you start to trust people, you start to understand her, but with um, with that, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of lessons that'll continue, I think, for, for anyone to... But that's my next question. So so now that you have that kind of relationship, what do you think is, what is the biggest lesson you've been taught or that you've learned since having a strong and functional and enjoyable... Because marriage is everybody has this like romantic concept of what marriage is and it, it is that but on top of that it's it's not finding the finding the person that's right for you isn't finding the person that you never have a conflict with marriage is a commitment to putting in the work and the time and the effort to make it succeed no matter what's going on right so it's a commitment to the to the effort and the process mm -hmm. and so what are some of the lessons about yourself that you've learned uh over that journey i've learned um and it, it's helped me out probably a lot in life too especially at work is, i've always been a, a no filter guy just if it's mm -hmm. there it's going to be said this is what's going down in the streets watch out um and i'm still the very honest person right people will come to me for very honest and candid feedback on things but what i've learned is a filter is a good thing so um because i always joked about it and said no i would i ever develop a filter that's just who i am um, but once you get into a relationship that you actually care about, you realize that just because that's who I am, doesn't mean it's how I have to be all the time. So I can, that's say, I could be me, but I don't have to be an ass about it. <laughs> you know what I mean? So that's um, extremely powerful. Yeah, it's, it, it, and it's like, it, it's just very real. It's the, you know, um, you know, I'm not a sensitive person. Everyone knows that I'm, I don't prefer, um, I believe the, the, the words to describe me have been, um, you know, in life in general, were uh, prick and putz. So <laughs> that's because I'm very blunt about things. I don't hold back. I mean, I'm the guy that's the, you know, don't ask me how that looks on you. If you think it looks ridiculous and you don't want my true opinion, don't ask. You know what I mean? And so it's, I'm that person because I'd be like, no, it's horrible. Don't do that. But I didn't know how to filter that, you know? So and then the putts because well my putts so um and I think it's a funny word so 
you know, uh, I think there's, you know, there's, uh, there's that, there's the learning to be, when you get into uh, relationships uh, like this, you know, the communication is, is key. Um, you know, like I said, we have a rule it, and it's an agreement between the two of us that we just, if it's on your mind, get it off your mind. You got to say it. It has to happen, you know, um, whether it's about me or not, just say it and help yourself out, you know, and a lot of that came from just past experiences, right? So like, it's there, just freaking say the thing because mm -hmm. it's going to get worse the longer you hold on to what the worse it gets and it gets worse because you get in your own head you know there's very real uh you know circumstances or you know situations that come up like that there's the uh, the communication has to be there it's never going to be perfect you know it's gonna i still slip sometimes the filter goes away and then it's like all right i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna go out for a little bit and let you cool off <laughs> because it that probably should have been said <laughs> so you know, but recognizing that being humble enough to understand things in a different light, like uh, for as similar as we, my wife and I are, like we get goofy, we, you know, my mother joked about it when we first met, she's like, you two are just made for each other. I don't know how this happened, but we're also very different. You know, mm -hmm. she gets very nervous about things. I really get nervous about things, you know, so it's um, learning the balance that goes into that, right? I've seen her grow in ways that she probably never thought she was going to, you know, and then, you know, seeing myself adapt to things I never had to worry about before, you know, so it's, you know, the constant growth, the constant is wanting to do this for each other makes it more powerful than anything. Because if I'm doing this for me, it's only going to go so far. Right. If I'm doing it for us, it goes really far. And now, and then that, and obviously we have Ari. So if we do it for her together, this takes us the rest of our lives, you know? Um, and then learning and just knowing that every point along the way, there's gonna be something, something's gonna come up. We're gonna have a disagreement. There may be a day, you know, I think, uh, what's the, what do we say to each other? Uh, we got it from my, my friend Len said it, you know, said it like uh, about relationships. Some days I may love you, but I don't like you right now. You know, and mm -hmm. that's the welcome to, not even just marriage, welcome to relationships, welcome to friendships. You know what I mean? Like, and, and there were days I could think of with you and I in the past, there was like, I love you right now, Sarah. I don't like you. Like, but, yeah, <laughs> but this is not, this is not okay. Yeah. Right so I'm going to walk over here. You know what I mean? And be like, all right, fine. Give him the space. Let him roll. It's fine. Yeah. And then be, and vice versa. Like, God only knows how many stupid things I said back in, you know, back in the day. They're like, it's, it, it's just how relationships work. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, that's one thing I worry about is I have a window into kind of the working of youth today in the classroom and um, because I'm a classroom teacher and, and I work with kids that were exactly our age when we were hanging out right so it's I watch these kids all the time and I look at the relationships they have with each other and you know and I think about like these are the relationships that are going to form things about them and I think I don't know if it's different than it was, but in some ways I see a lot more grace with kids today with each other than we necessarily had when we were younger. So you and I and, and a couple of our friends, our core friend group, we had that grace where we could say, I love you, but I can't do this with you today. Like yeah. you need to go somewhere else or I'm gonna go somewhere else. And, and we had that, but I look at, you know, I think about other people at our school and other people that we knew and, and, and teenagers in general, they're very much not like that. They're very much, you are with me or you are against me. And that is the way it is. And, and I look at 
particularly American culture today, especially if you're talking about politics, uh, if you're not with me, you are against me, yeah. right? You're either on this side or on this side, and there is no in the middle, there's no common ground. And I, I'm concerned that we as a society are losing that grace to say, I love you, but I can't with you right now. Mm-hmm. We're still friends, we're still close, but I can't, this one part I can't. You know, people are, are literally just discarding each other based on singular opinions or incidences or conflicts. And it's, it's scary. Yeah, it is. It's a little scary out there. There's no compromise anymore. It's just, right. you know, you, like you said, with me or against me. And I mean, you hope that it changes. You, and that's why, you know, I think like you know, for, for like us, like we look at our kids, our kids are young enough to teach them about that. And you hope that others are doing the same. So that at least the next generation is you know, better off than we are, you know, that we don't, we don't want them, you know, looking at it, you know, whether it's political or, or anything, it, that there's only one right way of doing things. Yeah. And you know, what's frustrating is like the kids, the kids aren't super horrible about that. The kids are, I think, better at that than the adults. It's people our age and older that have lost that capacity. And I, I don't understand. So have you run into that as you've gotten older, have you run into kind of an increasing staunchness of opinion or lack of compromise in people you know? Is it is it us or is it like, yeah, where mean, do you where, think that's coming from? I mean, where I see it, so like, it's funny. I mean, I guess, you know, depending on who you're surrounded with, right? Like the, the friends that I'm surrounded with are the same ones I grew up with, right? I've never right. really branched out. It's the same same guys from, you know, from Herkimer over in Buffalo that, that I'm hanging out with and that, you know, it, so we've always been good with that. We could, we could disagree with each other and then go out and, and have fun. Like it doesn't, we're fine with it, you know, and, or when we get to a point where we're like, listen, just give me, give me five, man, <laughs> just give me, give me five minutes, just go away, you know, but, um, you know, I think where I see it more, I see it more probably in the corporate environment for myself than anywhere else, right? Um, been in leadership for quite quite some time right and the one thing that i've said a lot about i've been very loud about is there are entirely too many yes people right so not so much the unwillingness to compromise uh overall i kind of break it down a little bit it's the everyone agrees because they're afraid to be the negative one because that's how they see it even though it's not negative it's just a new opinion it's another way of thinking, right? But nobody wants to, um, nobody wants to uh, question somebody else, somebody somebody else that's in authority. You know, um, they don't want the fragile egos that are out there. They don't want to ruin that, right? And so you you run into that. You get the yes people, and what you realize is these people, these yes people exist because people are recruiting or hiring people or you know befriending people that are exactly like them right they're looking for it it's the comfort zone so if you think like me we're good we're all gonna be successful right um and i think i've seen that a lot you know where i am and even outside of that in any corporate environment you tend to hear the same things like you will get into a board meeting but nobody asks a question they just go okay and they get up and leave you know well this this can't be good (laughs) like this is you know the the, the ability to debate compromise is where you find success, right? Ah, okay. So I see what you're saying. So you're saying the, the kind of yes man culture 
promotes the polarization in, in either direction. And then there's no skill set to come back together because there's no questioning. Is it considered offensive to question or is it considered uh, insubordinate? Yeah, and I think that's that's what people are afraid of. I think it's it, I think people, it's funny because what I've learned, you know, in, in my life and, and career is that people think that, but it's not true, right? Like I've had I've had people in higher positions, you know, tell me that they appreciate my honesty and my you know how candid I am about things, and I and I and I, and I look at it and go, then how come other people won't do this? You know what I mean? Is it just that perception of person's in charge and that's what they said and that's what they say because you know even in the military these days you can question things so it's you know it's not like you know a lot of people i knew that that went in you know at younger ages when we were kids that, that we knew where it just seemed like you didn't ask a question you didn't challenge anything but a challenge is fine as long as it's you know appropriate right if i come in and yeah and that's something i worry about too that, you know education doesn't necessarily mean what we think it does. Mm -hmm. um, in a lot of cases, education means you have learned to give the answers that were expected. Right. Um, education does not necessarily mean you have the capacity or the ability to think. And that's a problem. Yeah. Um, I think it's, a, it's, you know, it's a, I, I hear problem and I, I think challenge because to me there's more solutions to challenges and there are other problems. So it's, you look at it and go, okay, where's the opportunity? How do we get into this thing? How yeah. We, you know, are there, yeah, I like there's, that. there's community outreach centers, right? There's the Boys and Girls Clubs. There's a lot of great, um, you know, community programs out there, right? For kids to learn. Imagine I don't, I don't necessarily know that it's, it's, that's where the problem is though. I mean, if no, I'm no. thinking like the ingrained upper white collar institutionalized kind of you have an education, you went to this school and you have this piece of paper saying that you have satisfied these requirements. But I feel like there's a lot of- My challenge to them would be, have you implemented anything that teaches kids about leadership? Have you done anything? What are you doing to really, really, really prepare the kids for life, right? Yes, they go in, they'll do arts and crafts. Like I volunteer at the Boys and Girls Club and I love it, you know, and we go in, we do, we used to do um, food, fitness and fun with the kids, you know, and it's, so you go in there, you teach them how to prep food, make a meal for themselves, go outside, play softball or kickball or something like that. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Just have some fun with them, goof around. Like they'd bring in like people that teach them karate moves and stuff like that. Um, and it was great. And you know, at what point do you incorporate leadership into this where they really take it and build on it, right? Because they're, they're learning these things. They're having fun. They're learning how to cook. And we all know that I love to cook and I love to eat. So it's great for me. I'm, I'm all about that life, right? But I haven't, and maybe maybe I've just got my blinders on, and maybe maybe it is only just in my area, but I haven't seen a, a, you know, something that really stands out where kids go to learn better communication. They go to learn how to compromise and negotiate. They learn how to that your different thoughts are. I think they're being taught that their different thoughts are okay, but how do you build on it? How do you you know, how do I, how does Sarah come to me and teach me, um, how do I handle this situation over here, right, that situational awareness, um, I think that's that opportunity where we get, we educate them in that way to blow the top off, right, get the, get the old school thinking out of there, 
this is our future, right? Um, yeah, I see it now. I work on projects at my work and, you know, old, old school people are old school people. They're going to think the way they think. And you can try to force feed them the new information, you know, but the reason for a lot of change is, is because it has to happen now, not because it would have generally happened on its own, you know? So the more we teach our kids how to critically think, how to analyze that, how to you know, understand the behaviors, I think the better off we're going to be in the future for leadership for this country, for businesses, for schools, you know, for everything. Right. Okay. Tell me the instance where you are most proud of your ability to help somebody else. The instance where I'm most proud of my ability to help somebody else. Can you elaborate a little bit on that one? So you know how, how we talked about you, you talked about how you have your two friends that helped you through your breakthrough, right? Yeah. So one friend at work and one friend um, outside of work. Can you talk about a particular instance where you've gotten to be that person for somebody else? Um, maybe not. Maybe not to that degree. Uh, yeah, wouldn't that would be to that degree? But yeah, I mean, there's. It's hard to just pick one, right? So I've taken my career in leadership a lot more seriously than probably a lot of others again like the similar position right so when i meet people I, I i meet the person right um you know work it's it's not the metric or anything like that i, I think about the, the human behind the metric i want to get to know everybody i want to figure it out um and along those lines i've been fortunate to encounter a lot of people who you know really didn't see their what they were capable of they didn't know right you know, there's, you know, without, uh, without throwing people's names out there, there's a lady that, that reported to me, I remember when I first got back, because I did like a rotation at work, and I came back in, or kind of like a rotation, you go through different levels, and then you come back into leadership, and when I came back, you know, um, she was somebody that was just okay with being average, somebody who maybe, you know, went from one job to the next, and it was kind of a normal thing for her, and she'd get bored, and there was, there was something very different about her. I was like, I don't think she really wants to do, I don't think she wants to be like that. I think, you know, I think she wants to succeed. And I think she's afraid of what happens if she puts in that work. What if she puts herself mm -hmm. out there? So you fear know? of failure? Yeah. You know, and, uh, you know, and so I made a promise to that team that I had taken over. I said, I'm not going to apply for anything new until I have you all in a successful position. You don't necessarily have to be promoted but you'll be on the brink by the time I'm done. And this was, I took over like, it was like the worst team. <laughs> it was like, you know, it was kind of, I, I always asked for it. Give me your worst. And let me see what they got. Um, and this team turned around and this lady in particular was, and, and it's funny, she, she turned into like uh, me and my boss. How like we joke about, we follow each other. Mm -hmm. she followed me. So <laughs> she was like, you can't get away from me. I'm just going to follow you. And there was a few of them on that team. That, that did the same thing. It was kind of funny. And so, but with her, what she's, once she got a taste of what really being successful looked like, she couldn't let it go. She was like, wait a minute. I went from being okay with being average to, you know, I have to be near the top. That's just how I got to be. But she did it the right way where like, and where I was most proud of her, she turned around and would help other people get to the top didn't and, and it was the the mimicry effect is what i like to call it. like 
She saw that I was doing that with my peers. I'd prep them for interviews for jobs that they had that I was applying for. And I didn't care. I just wanted the best person to get. It, it didn't matter to me. You know, to me, it's never been, it's not about the money. Yeah, you need money, but you'll get the money no matter what. That's what I've learned. You get your raises, you get your promotions, stuff like that. You know, and so I taught, you know, she learned from me that way. And to this day, I see her doing the same thing with people. She reaches out, she wants to make sure they're okay. She checks in on them. You know, it's, and I'm always insanely proud of her. When I talk to her, she said, you know, just like anyone else, she's had her moments. She's, you know, COVID was really rough, right? Talked her through a lot in that, got her to take time for herself. Make sure you're investing in yourself. Make sure you're journaling, make sure, whatever the exercise is going to be. She's not on my team now anymore because I moved on to a different project role. And so, but I'll still keep in touch. And she talks to me about the progress she's making. But when she talks about the progress, she's not talking about her work results. She's like, I did this at home today. I made this decision at home today. You know, like these are the things that I'm doing. You know, I started, you know, I started eating healthier. I stopped, you know, doing this, you know, all those little things that she probably, you know, that she hadn't really brought up before that she thinks about now. And it's probably, and that is the reason when I think about it, like why I got into leadership, that's why. Because if I made that impact on that person and now she's making impacts on other people, and especially her life is that much better that I'm doing something right, you know? Um, but that's, that would be the one, I think the example that I'd have there. So she carried it forward, just like you are. Yep. It's learn to pay it forward, learn to respect everybody you meet, respect their opinions. You know, when you see someone that's struggling, don't step over them at the printer. <laughs> you know help them up <laughs> no matter what you think right help them up do what you got to do um like there's a uh there's a quote that um i think i told you before. obviously i'm obsessed with ted lasso i love watching that show um like the greatest show ever made if you haven't watched it you just gotta watch it um and it, it's so it's such a such a powerful show it's funny it's, it comes off as a comedy but it's about leadership and vulnerability and coaching and one of the quotes that i heard that sticks with me is it was uh i believe walt whitman actually said the quote it's be curious not judgmental you know and when i think about what makes you a humble leader is being genuinely curious about people what's your story what are you doing you know when this podcast episode this idea was presented that hey people don't really know you maybe they should have like in you know, all right, I guess I got to get out of my comfort zone because I'm not really comfortable with answering questions about myself. So, um, you know, but you learn that that's where the impact comes in is that people get to know who you are and they can relate to you. And now maybe they have more questions for you. Now they want to talk to you more. They're willing to open up, but you only get that if you're truly curious about people. You know, being judgmental is easy. Um they had posted a video of that the other day online. So I was like, I always share that one because there's like snippets from the show. And I'm like, it's freaking great. Like, it's just, but it, it's like when he's going through that, it, it's like he's going through his, uh, his monologue on it on the show. It, you almost feel like it's talking to you. Like when he goes through a whole backstory and stuff, and, you know, um, you know, with me growing up, like being, probably being judged before, questions were asked in a lot of instances people thinking that you know in sports i used to small and 
you know, he's not smart enough in school. Um, no, I was bored in school. I wasn't stupid, <laughs> you know, but you didn't ask, you know. Um, I think the only teachers that really asked were Russo and First Sergeant Condell. So it was, you know, and First Sergeant asked. had a very funny way of asking. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and it's funny that you say that because I think he was curious about you and he did put you in those positions to help. I mean, you you were our leader. You know, he, he saw what you were capable of and put you in a position to kind of learn and flex those muscles. And I think maybe our interpretations of what leadership is may have changed since mm-hmm. then. Yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, it was, there were, there were other ones too. Yeah, there was, I mean, that curiosity that comes out of people. I mean, not just in school, but just in general, you know, you get, when you're somebody who is as short in stature as I am, you know, you get a lot of that growing up, especially when you're playing sports and things like that, where people are like, oh, he's small, he's, you know, even like family, like my mother would be like, you're not playing football, you're too small, you're, you're not, you know, you're not, you won't, you won't go there because, because of your size, that sort of stuff that you'd hear growing up. And then even, you know, you get into the professional workplace. And, you know, when I went through that, that whole, that whole period of time, think about it for, for just about that whole time up until I met my boss. Nobody was curious about what was going on. He didn't even know me before that. So he had no idea if I was a chipper person, if I was always a negative person. You know, um, my friends knew it. They knew I was always a goofball and I'd laugh and I'd help them out, you know, coach them and do things like that when I, even when I wasn't in leadership. And um, but a lot of that stopped because I was just like, I'm, you know, if somebody asked the question, I always think about that manager that rejected me all those times. If he just simply asked why I was so negative, and told me why he wasn't hiring me instead of just saying it's because of though this person was a little bit better in the numbers which was you think that's what it was did you ever get confirmation that that's what it was Uh, he ended up leaving the company um when i when it hit me i realized i wouldn't have hired me ah okay so bad and i was like if that was it then why wouldn't he just tell me you know what's you know and, and i think there's just that fear that people are, you know, i don't want to get into an argument with this person if it's it, maybe it, what's his perception this guy's so negative i'm just, i'm gonna say that to him he's gonna yell at me so he's gonna right. jump over the desk and come after me like you know what i mean but like be curious not judgmental you know ask the right questions and ask them because you care you know those like you probably do with your students all the time mm-hmm. you know um like i do with people at work and even outside of work right my daughter does something weird and I want to know, I ask her, I don't just say, why are you, why are you being an idiot? <laughs> you know, like, that's your question. <laughs> I mean, that is a question. What's but, going on? Right. So, but yeah, um, that's my long winded tangent way of answering that question. Uh, our final question, I think for, for today. <laughs> well, it's been super fun and I appreciate being the person that gets to ask those questions. Yeah, I, I'm sure you'll be back. Um, <laughs> like I said, when I, when I think of who to have a, a fun back and forth with, Sarah's name pops up pretty much every time. Well, everyone, thanks again for stopping by. I hope you enjoyed today's episode as much as I enjoyed sharing with you all. I'm extremely grateful that you took the time out of your day to listen I'm looking forward to sharing more with you. And remember, there's a leader in all of us. It just takes time to discover.